Our gospel lesson is written in the second chapter of the gospel according to St. John, beginning with the first verse. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw out some and take it to the master of the, of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheap wine, cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. This is the first of his miraculous signs. Jesus performed in Cana of Galilee. He thus revealed his glory, and his disciples put their faith in him. Please bow your heads with me for a word of prayer. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our salvation. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Spirit of God, fall on each of us today. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. This is one of the most beautiful miracles that Jesus performs. It is so rich, it, it, and it points us in so many directions, and really unpacks for us, really, the purpose of all miracles, the purpose of his ministry. Why Jesus came. In its, in its simplest, if we put it in its simplest terms, quoting Bishop Trench, he says that what is the most beautiful thing about this miracle is that Jesus takes water of the earth and by his presence and by his direction and by his words, he transforms it into the wine of heaven and gives everyone to drink and gladdens the hearts of everyone who is there. I remember after a wedding, when I'd used this text for the homily, a young man came up to me and said, you know, I'd never heard that one. And I said, what do you mean? Well, I'd never heard this miracle that Jesus performed. And he said, I sure like that Jesus. <laughs> I said, really, why? And he said, because you know what? Jesus wanted to bring joy. I said, you know what? That's what Jesus wants to bring us. Joy. 
we pray for the joy of God's salvation. The psalmists do, but we scarcely do as a church. We scarcely ask for Jesus' joy. We do not even want to bring joy to the world. Listen to the lot, a lot of the stuff that we talk about. This young man said something very profound to me and really made me think deeply. The whole purpose of Jesus, his ministry, is to bring joy. You know, there's so much behind, you know, this text. You know, Jesus, what he does in his life. You know what's interesting? John the Baptist withdrew from public life. He was at the banks of the Jordan River. He preached a repentance. People came to him. They, he baptized them and, and so on. And yet Jesus, what he does is he walks the paths of life. He's with us in our joys. He's with us in our sorrows. He wants to bring joy to our lives. He wanted to bring joy to this wedding. He wanted to bring joy to our lives. Can you see how he consecrated the most simple things? A gathering together of people at a wedding. First miracle at a wedding. His ministry is characterized by Paul, by John. If you read in the third chapter of this same gospel... You know, the, uh, the, 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 the Pharisees, the guys who see no love in God and only rules and obeying rules, they come to John and they talk to him, are you the Christ? And he says, no, I'm not the Christ. Let me tell you who I am. I am the one that's the friend of the bridegroom. Jesus is the bridegroom, the one that I baptized. He's the bridegroom, and I'm one of his friends, and I listen to heaven, and I do what God tells me, but you have to look to the bridegroom. Even in that gospel, Jesus is the bridegroom. The church is the bride. He's making, you know, he's getting his bride ready for a wedding. I mean, isn't that beautiful? Isn't that wonderful that Jesus Christ, by his presence at that, med at that wedding, consecrates, makes and, and uh, affirms and, and holds up and lifts up marriage as an institution that came from God. You know what I loved about some of the older marriage services? They would say that marriage is a gift from God which man and woman received when we were innocent. And God still gives it to us, and he still sanctifies it, and he still thinks it's good, even after the, the sin in the world. And, and despite our sin, that God lifts up this institution, and Jesus is saying, right on. He is lifting up and sanctifying human beings in relationship, in marriage, a man and a woman, devoted to one another, loving one another, faithful to one another, sharing everything that life brings. That is what Jesus sanctified. And that is something that the church has to take to heart. And there's going to be many people that detract from marriage. But Jesus Christ went to the marriage at Cana and he brought gladness to it. And that helps every one of us because we know in marriage, just like they were out of wine, we know what's going to happen in our lives and in our marriages. We're going to run out of wine. We're not going to be able to complete the party. We're going to be, we're going to be have, experiencing shame and grief and guilt and everything else. And yet, if we believe in Jesus Christ, if we invite him to our, our marriage, then he can make us have joy. And that's what we have to remember from this gospel lesson. 
And it should, it, that's what we should think about. And when we are having those tough days, and when it's hard to love the one that your Lord has given you, then you say, Jesus, please. I feel like water. We've run out of wine. And you need to change me. And you need to change my loved, my loved one. You need to change my spouse. You've got to transform both of us. And you've got to make us whole. That is the hope that this gospel, that is the promise that this gospel gives us today. Jesus is the great marriage counselor. The greatest. He's got a 100% success rate to those that believe. 100%. It is impossible to please God without faith, right? Faith that He can transform. But you know, it's, this is so deep, it's so rich, it's so incredible. Who can remember, what's the first miracle, and you can just, the first person to shout it out, gets to go to the head of the line and coffee. No, just kidding. <laughs> Who, what was the first miracle that Moses performed? First miracle Moses performed. Pardon me? The Senate, no. The first miracle, okay, that he performed was turning the, um, the water into, the, into blood, right? Okay, okay. That was the first public miracle that he did. He turned the water into blood, right? So we have, we look at that. There's the transformation of the water. Then Moses performed another miracle about water. Who can remember that? Pardon me? No, that was one. And then there was an, but the other one was there was bitter water that he made, right? He made it, he made it sweet. And Elisha did the same thing. There was a spring around a city and it was uh, uh, bubbling up uh, putrid water and Elisha put salt in it and made it pure. Okay? So what's interesting, when we look at Paul, the Apostle Paul comments on Moses turning, you know, and the law, because that was the, uh, the, the initial inauguration of the Exodus and the giving of the law started with the changing of the water into blood. That was a judgment against the Egyptians for their unfaith. It was also a way in which the law was going to continually uh, be uh, year after year after year, the sacrifice, right? That was the law. And Paul says that, that but it was the, the, the blood of the law was not really effective to, re to remove sin because death was still there that you still had to pay with your own life for the, for, the sin, for the sins that the law revealed. Right? But the sweetening of the water and Elisha sweetening the water, they pointed to the future that God was going to do something beautiful with water. And the psalmist said it most beautifully in Psalm 104 starting with verse 13 through 15. 
He waters the mountains from his upper chambers, speaking of God. The earth is satisfied by the fruit of his work. He makes grass grow for the cattle and plants for man to cultivate, bringing forth food from the earth, wine that gladdens the heart of man, oil to make his face shine, and bread that sustains his heart. And so there were, they were waiting, the people were waiting for God to come and to, and, to, and to change the water into this wine that was going to gladden their hearts. And so when Jesus came to Cana in Galilee that day, and when he performed this miracle, there was much more going on than we can think of. You know, when they used the, you know, and, and this is interesting, when they used the six ceremonial jars, they used those jars because they, they held water. And that they wanted everyone to be sure, Jesus wanted everyone to be sure that there was no wine in the bottom of it that might mix with the water, you know, and people might think this was brand new, this was, this was not to be used for wine, this was to be used only for water. It speaks about the effect of the ceremonial laws of the Jews. I mean, it, it, the, the water in the ceremony and everything in the ceremony is not, only, is, is not able to really, to really bring about the salvation that God promised to bring about the eternal Sabbath with the Sabbath rest. But yet, when Jesus came, when the Messiah came, he transformed everything in the law, everything that pointed to our salvation, the Paschal Lamb, the Day of Atonement, the goat, uh, the two goats, the scapegoat and the goat offered for sacrifice, the daily sacrifice, all of those, all of those sacrifices, all of those things that were, that were watery, that really, couldn't, that really couldn't accomplish, that really could not bring about the great marriage feast with God in the end. Just like in Isaiah. Did you hear that in Isaiah? Those beautiful words that, that Otto read from Isaiah. These are beautiful. For God will ransom Jacob and redeem them from the hand of the, those stronger than they. They will come and shout for joy in the heights of Zion. They will rejoice in the bounty of the Lord and the new grain, the new wine, the oil, the young of the flocks and the herds. They will be a well-watered garden. The maidens will be made glad. That new wine, all of these beautiful things that we have. All of these beautiful things, they come true in this. And so Jesus, by his sacrificial death on the cross, which he was marching towards, was going to change all of that and make it and make it and make it a reality. A reality. And that we share in it. And we share in it. When we come together, this is a foretaste of the feast that comes. Jesus comes to us. You know, the amazing thing, another way to look at it is, there's the water that is in these six jars. It's the water of our tears. The tears that we feel, the, the tears that we cry when, we're, when we feel experience remorse, when we know that we've done wrong, when we know that we've hurt others, we know that others have hurt us, and we, we cry these tears, and these tears that wet our face fall into these stone jars, and, and, and they're there, and we give them to Jesus, and we say, Jesus, we can do nothing. We can't come to the feast. We can't be in your presence. We cannot be with you. 
And yet, Jesus speaks these words and, 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 and the words of institution. And he says, and he reminds us that by his sacrificial death on the cross, he transforms our sins. He transforms that water. And in the cup of the chalice, he says to us, you are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. You are clean. You are different. You are transformed. You are a new creation. And you can move forward. That's what he promises. And he's in, with, and under in a mystical way that we do not understand. But we believe that Jesus comes to us in that. And so in this plain wine that we have here that was grown in the old-fashioned way, Jesus transforms it and we take it by faith and we are transformed. He's present in it. He comes to us and cleans us. And as we reflect on that, we have to think about the vats and vats of tears that are welling up, that are being filled in Haiti in the aftermath of the devastation of that earthquake. Yesterday, I, I was mesmerized by reports on the, on the television. There, it, there's the bodies, the destruction, the tears, the lack of water. I think of the miracle that the, that the people there, they don't have clean water to drink. It is salty, it is brackish, it is polluted, and they need that water. They need Jesus to throw, they need that, something in that water to change it, to transform it so that, it can, that, it can, that they can drink it. And Jesus says to his church, you do that. You do that. You go there. You help them. You bring them ways to purify their water and dig their wells. And they need, and they need some joy and they need some gladness and they, they need some hope. And Jesus says to his church, you do that. You go do that. You bring them gladness. You bring them joy. You show them me. You show them my love. You show them my compassion. And so I'm hoping, you know, in the government, and this is great, the government says that they will match up to $50 million private donations and that's even if you, were to, if you were to donate to the church for a, 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 a you know, specific registered charity like World Vision, Red Cross, Samaritan's Purse, Canadian Lutheran World Relief, something like that, and you put it into the church and the church remits it, they will match the funds. I mean, the government's even offering this to the church. So we have to do something. God is calling us to do something to help these people, to bring them joy, to bring them good water and food, 
But now we can have joy that Jesus is with us, that Jesus has given us so much and we can share. And so as we come up to the railing, let's just pray that Jesus would transform us. Amen.